This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Thanks for staying tuned to The Morning Run with Philip C. I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 8.36. It's Wednesday, the 7th of February. And in about 30 minutes, we have the opening bell, the favourite, my favourite time of the day, where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But there's also a new listing, Bursa's six for the year so far on the ACE market, and that is AJX Group, which is a third-party logistics firm. But before that, let's talk about Greater KL's, sorry, Greater Klang Valley's potential transformation into a special economic zone because it is home to 3.4 million residents encompassing more than 10% of Malaysia's total population. So this fast-growing metropolitan region might soon become a special economic zone according to Selangor Menteri Besar, Dato Amiruddin Shari, who has said that he will meet with our Prime Minister on the matter. Now, this plan involves four cities, namely Pataling Jaya, Subang Jaya, Shah Alam and Klang. This follows the recent proposal of a Johor Singapore Special Economic Zone. But these SEZs are not without a checkered history, with the Port Klang Free Zone scandal that happened more than a decade ago coming to mind with development costs ballooning to 7.86 billion ringgit after an initial estimate of 2 billion ringgit. So how might the plans be mapped out so that Klang Valley might be brought to new economic heights? And what criteria can act as a barometer for the zone's success. So to help us visualise what a Klang Valley Special Economic Zone could look like and do we really need it, we turn to Dr Jeffrey Williams, economist and professor at the Malaysia University of Science and Technology. Good morning, Jeffrey. Now, the plan to turn the Greater Klang Valley into what they call a Special Economic Zone or the SEZ aims to create an environment conducive to greater investment. How do you see businesses and trade regulations being modified to drive it, especially as most of the areas are already mature cities? Hi, good morning. Um, well, I mean, first, I live and work in Selangor, so I'm very keen to see any anything that can be done to help the economy here grow. But in terms of uh, changing regulations or um, restrictions, I think the answer is that they, they shouldn't be modified. They should be uh, removed, completely removed as far as possible. Um, we call them special economic zones, but um, they're, they're more uh, commonly called free economic zones. And if you want to create a free economic zone, you have to free up the business environment there. And that means removing uh, restrictions, not, not modifying them. Can you help me understand, firstly, the case for such a zone like this? Are we drawing the right boundaries here? Are we building the right business case for something like this in Klang Valley? Um, to be honest, I don't think so. Because I think that these are very old-fashioned ideas um, out of the 20th century. They're not really 21st century ideas. What the, what the idea is that you set up these free zones and then you can use these as uh, uh, locations to attract foreign investment, but also, I suppose, domestic investment as well. But what that means is that you're actually sucking this investment from other parts of the country. And as you mentioned, there's more than one. You know, we have one coming up in Johor. We have one in Penang. Sarawak is now introducing very exciting new development plans. And if you start to build another, yet another special economic zone, you're just going to have these places competing against each other, when actually Malaysia as a whole should be competing against other countries in the region, particularly Vietnam or Indonesia or Singapore. 
Yeah, but isn't this a function of the, the tensions between federal and state government, right, In on some level? And is this a repeat of the many corridors that we have within Malaysia? We have, of course, the Northern Corridor, we had the East Coast Corridor. So same, same, actually, at the end of the day? Yes, it is. Same, same. And the question is, what was achieved under those um, corridor schemes? And, and so if you ask the question, what can be achieved under a, a new special economic zone, the answer is, probably about as little as was achieved under the previous um, uh, incarnations. You can change the name as much as you like, but the special economic zone uh, or a, uh, a development corridor or whatever it is amounts to the same thing. This is a government intervention process which involves very heavy government intervention, very heavy government spending. And as you mentioned, this government spending doesn't always go in the right direction. So it's much better, actually, to look at a whole-of-nation approach, which I think is much more consistent, isn't it, with mm. the Madani principles. So if you're looking at a whole-of-nation approach, you need to have policies that can be applied everywhere in Malaysia. Otherwise, you will have places like Selangor, Johor, Penang prospering, and places like Kelantan and Kedah and Tranganu languishing. And that's going to have problems in terms of overall economic development. Do you think there is though a case for something like Johor Singapore because that is a border so you can try and streamline between two respective national regulations? Do you think that's still an outdated model? Well, I think in that case you're talking about the creation of an international trading zone and what you're trying to do there is to remove trade restrictions between two countries. So that, yes, that certainly makes sense in, in that context. But um, when you're talking about setting up a special economic zone in Selangor, you're not necessarily talking about removing um, trade restrictions between two countries. You're talking about trying to create incentives in a particular location to bring investment there into Selangor rather than to send it to Pahang. Mm. And that's a different issue. But is the challenge here then who is going to play referee in terms of which state gets what development how do, you, how do you achieve that balance, though, so that there's economic opportunity across the country? Well, if every state had the same um, set of incentives, the same set of uh, uh, laws and regulations, and these laws and regulations were very, very unobtrusive, then you would have a proper free market and the investment would go to wherever was the best opportunity for that investment to take place. And that wouldn't necessarily mean concentrating in high-income areas um, like Johor or, or Selangor or Penang. If you're interested in building, um, for example, a factory infrastructure, you might want to go to somewhere where the land uh, acquisition costs are much lower. But at the moment, you would have that lower land of, uh, acquisition, for example, in Pahang or Negri Sembilan. But you would be attracting that away from those states and bringing it into Selangor by giving uh, some sort of discount to make the operation costs cheaper. And that's where you're competing in terms of different states. And that doesn't make much sense to me. The way to deal with it would be to give every state the same opportunities in terms of low taxes, low regulations and uh, a free market. Mm. 
And I think another dimension is that actually we are now seeing cities compete with each other here. And so the debate here is how does KL uh, compete with the likes of Seoul, Singapore, Hong Kong and such, right? Which then requires this whole integration between KL and its suburbs and Klang Valley, right? What are the things that we still need to do to drive greater integration so that we can build the broader city and have an ability to compete with these major super cities then? Well, the question is whether these major super cities themselves grew out of significant government intervention or not. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the plan that they had? Was it um, a government-driven um, plan, or was it a government-driven plan with private sector um, partners, or was it primarily a private sector-driven plan? And if you take a look at what was it that was driving the success in these other countries, then you can see that this is the type of thing that will drive success here in Malaysia. It's true, of course, that when you're talking about major in infrastructure, roads and railway systems and so on, you, you generally speaking, you will need some form of government support for that type of thing. But when it comes to other forms of business investment, if there is a commercial um, opportunity there and a commercial case for that investment, then the government shouldn't be involved in it. The government should just provide the minimum regulatory requirement, the rule of law to protect contracts, to protect people um, who are working and to ensure that the the environmental impact is net positive. That's all really that the government should be doing. If you have a government structure under a special economic zone, Mm. you're going to head down a system of cascading patronage. And that's why you lose money. And that's why you have wastage, leakage and corruption because of the way in which the policy is designed. But uh, I have a question though. What if you have your government and you have a particular agenda and that you want to uh, pursue a certain sector, let's say technology, can't these special economic zones help you in achieving that goal? Yes, but who says that these are the, the sectors that you should be following? The government? What does the government know about which of the sectors that should be followed? They know nothing. That's the truth of it. Uh, it's the market that will determine which sectors should be um, pursued because those will, will be the ones that the market is saying are the ones that are going to deliver profitability and long-term sustainable investment. The government doesn't know these things. You know, Malaysia needs to focus on the things that Malaysia is good at. And that that's not... Um, boys' toys, sunshine, and windmills. It's not rainbows and unicorns dreamed up by some uh, old boy in, in, a, in a ministry, whether it's at state level or at federal level. The market will determine what Malaysia is good at, not Malaysian politicians. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Dr. Jeffrey Williams, economist and professor at the Malaysia University of Science and Technology, giving us his views on the special economic zone, whether we we should have one in the first place. His point is basically just have less regulation. Let the market dictate Mm. what we are good at and we will find our sweet spot. No longer boys' toys, no longer sunshine and no longer windmills. Yes, up next we'll be discussing the issues weighing down on the ringgit and its outlook for 2024. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.